I read comics, show number 34. Part of um, what I'm enjoying about a lot of what's happening online now with with communities of women especially who are getting mad is that the anger and the energy is being directed to the right places. We're not yes. we're not misplacing it in our lives and getting mad like you're saying at our families. We're we're actually, yeah. you know, addressing the creators or addressing the people who are also mm-hmm. fans or at each other or at each other exactly. Oh, I just got a chill when I said that. My my hairs on my arms. I'm rubbing my arm right now. <laughs> because yeah, because that's it. That's exactly because we're not getting mad at each other. Because mm-hmm. for a long time we have, you know, women fans and professionals have directed this shit at each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, um, you know, and and people who don't want um, don't want the party as they know it and have it and have learned to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. They don't want it wrecked. So there's a there's a great deal of investment in having us at each other. Yes, exactly. There's a great deal of investment, and there are certainly people out there who feed into that, who play women off each other, yeah. and who feed into that. Which is not to say that every you know woman fan or professional isn't you know we're all adorable little darlings and, and perfect and flawless in every way. There's certainly some currency, and uh, you know what? Why don't why don't I just you know get these two busy or these three or these four? Um, and, you know, comics kind of feeds into that, too. Um, there's been, a, you know, again, something that's misunderstood is when I talk about, um, number one, girl power is not singular. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I mean by that is don't be confused. Girl power doesn't mean power for one girl. All right. Okay. Girl power means, say, you know, but, you know, my friend uh, Ellen Winkler, who's the president of Radio Comics, and I used to joke that some people sort of thought, Girl power meant, you know, one girl gets power. Um, and uh, that's misunderstood, but there's also only girl in the room is really misunderstood. And I was like, you know, when I say only girl in the room, I don't mean that a woman thinks she's the only girl in the room. What I mean is that larger comic companies seem to only be capable of paying attention to one female creator at a time. Yeah. You know, um... In all the talk about uh, the new Batwoman, um, how long did it take you to notice Devin Grayson's name? <laughs> like two weeks, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Because it was never mentioned, never, ever yeah. mentioned. Yeah. It was like you would you would think, and this is not a diss to Gail, so, you know, when and if Gail or, or her, her, her friends read this, I am not dissing Gail. I am pointing out that DC pays attention to Gail and not Devin. Mm-hmm. And at one time they paid attention to Devin and not, uh, gosh, Jill Thompson. Mm-hmm. And when they paid attention to Jill Thompson, they weren't paying attention to another woman. They're incapable of paying attention to more than one woman at a time. Yep. Uh, I, that's exactly right. Exactly. Um, that's what I mean by only girl in the room. You would think that Gail was the only person, only woman working at DC Comics. Mm-hmm. In fact, they had you know any number of women working for them and do right now. Mm-hmm. But you would, you would think, you would think uh, the Superman documentary that just came out. The only woman that appears on camera, so far as I know, my husband watched the whole two hours, and um, he said the only woman that appears on camera is Gail. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, I'm not saying that's bad for Gail, and I'm not blaming Gail for this. I'm just pointing out. That out of two hours, and the one of the, the two or three times Gail does appear on camera, what is she talking about? How romantic Superman is. Right, right. And and that's, I mean, it's, it's because women are still not part of the community, right? Yeah. They're, they're the other or the special example or the exception that, that has to be, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, pointed out. The token, exactly. The um, token. And, and what, what it's, it's interesting what you were saying before about um, women sort of being divided 
and, mm-hmm. and against each other. And I think now, and, and maybe it's only because of the internet that this can happen. So, you know, yes. God bless the internet. But, but I think that that has a lot. Oh, you know what? God bless your Tim Berners-Lee. We love you. <laughs> Ooh, I'm lifting my shirt for you. I'm showing Tim Berners-Lee my tits. Because, man. Does he rock or what? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You helped build what makes the backbone of the World Wide Web. We love you. We love you. We, we love what you've done. Um, we love you. We're throwing panties at Tim Berners-Lee. <laughs> sure. Um, so Tim Berners-Lee. Go on. Uh, <laughs> that was really funny. Um, that we're throwing panties at That we're throwing time. panties at, at the guy who invented the web. Um, uh, you know what? <laughs> He's my rock star. Ooh. Ooh. I'm getting... Oh. Ah, ooh. Um, the hot in here is... <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I have a thought. I have to have to finish this thought before I dissolve into laughter. Um, yes, please. Okay, it, it's because I think so many women have felt over the years who who enjoy comics, whether they're reading them or writing them or just talking about them, that that they were like the only one, right? Because there just haven't yes. been that many fans. That yes. it was hard to find another woman that you could talk to because of course you have different tastes. Not every woman likes the same thing. Another thing that the comic companies try very hard to promote that if you're a girl, you have to like certain things or you will not like other things. And now, now that there are so many women online who are meeting up and finding that they do have a lot in common and maybe it's not the same titles, but it's sort of the same. Yes, we like these things and no, we don't like these other things. Mm-hmm. And that's the commonality that I think is really exciting right now is to find out there's a whole bunch of people who feel the same way that I do about, you know, women who have to wear bikinis when they fight and, you know. Got it. And I'm so glad it's not just me because I'm like, I, this bothers me. Ah, uh, you know what? But men are objectified too. Right. right. And then it's all that bullshit. <laughs> it makes me so mad. I'm like, can you not no, and so then it's great because you get to read these threads at places like Girl Wonder where you get one or two trolls, but then you get 20 women coming back and saying, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's great. Yeah, it's really. really great. I love that. Go back to, go back to your troll hole, Kevin, yeah. who still lives at home. And, and that just never happened before because if you spoke up anywhere, you were the lone woman and you got shouted down by... by well, you, might be, you, know, like, you might be one of two or three, but eventually, you know... Enough clowns would show up or enough people who want, you know, you've always got that, that person who means well but is really, really put off by conflict to the point where it doesn't matter how right they think anybody is, mm-hmm. they just don't want the conflict. Right, exactly. You know, in person, they're the person making that pushing down motion with their hands, please don't get, please, 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 make me uncomfortable and I break out in the rash. I think my ass is coming on. Because they're just so freaked out with conflict that they, you know, they come in and they start cutting up and shit and then pretty soon you're off the topic. And yep. it's like you're just talking to yourself. I've seen that happen a lot. Right, right, all the time. DT <laughs> <laughs> board. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you, given that... That place needs to be moderated with a love torch. <laughs> what, go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, so now... We are feeling like there is some good stuff happening. Do you think yeah. that this is what kind of effect do you think this is going to have, if any, on on comics? I think time will tell. So, because I'm I'm really excited, but <laughs> I am also you know got some sort of you know comic post traumatic stress uh-huh, disorder. Of course. <laughs> so you know I, I still duck every time there's a shelling. Um, you know, car backfires. Ah! Uh-huh, uh-huh. Comics car backfires, and I'm just twitching. Um, you know, so I I am hoping for the best, uh, but I I think time will tell. Uh, I you know I I want it to keep on going and growing and, and see it change, but you know I don't know. It depends on you know as far as superhero comics go. It really depends very much on how seriously the publishers choose to take this. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, um, the, these things are in the hands of Joe Quesada mm-hmm. and, um, and Dan DeDio and Paul Levitt. These are very much in their hands, and they're going to choose whether or not to take this seriously. And by seriously, I don't mean come out with another goddamn women's comic line that you populate with fucking superheroes and have it all drawn by guys mm-hmm. and all made as somehow a gateway back to the superhero crack. Um, you know, if you don't do that, 
and it's not like they haven't tried, but their efforts have been, and I'm going to say this because I can, <laughs> is that they've been incredibly, um, you know, half-assed with shitty follow-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, over and over again, I'm like, okay, Marvel, your idea of a girl's comic was Barbie. Okay, and it was a really nice, uh, nicely designed and nicely drawn comic for little girls, but, you know, that was our idea of a girl's comic. It's pink, it's fluffy, it's Barbie. Mm-hmm. And Amanda Connor designed a lot of the covers, and they were really fantastic. And um, in the interiors, I believe Barb Ross did interiors, a lot of women did interiors on it. And it was kind of like, you want a job at Marvel, and you're a woman, you can draw a Barbie. Um, and, um, and I believe Joan Hilty was the editor mm-hmm. on, on that when it was at Marvel. I could be wrong, but I believe she was. Um, and, and that's their idea of a girl comic and, and I'm like well what about you know us grown up girls who you know maybe you know was like you know kind of like more stuff like Excalibur mm-hmm. it's, I noticed that X, X titles even when they're written badly if they have good art and they have some angst are, are pretty sturdy sellers amongst um, amongst females and I have been for like 20 years um, and Legion oh my god mm-hmm. Legion, you know, uh, back in the 80s, oh, well over 20 years ago now, um, when Appas, which were sort of the equivalent of a message board, but on paper and through the mail, so it was very, very slow, uh-huh. but they were a lot like that, um, where people would just, you know, make something new every time there was a frequency, if it was a month or every two months or whatever, they'd make something new and then add their comments on the previous issue. Uh-huh content to each other, and then mail it to one person who would then compile it into a magazine, mm-hmm. staple it or bind it or whatever, and then send it back to everybody who'd send something in. And there was one called Interlac, which is the, the language of the future, mm-hmm. uh, Legion. And there were quite a number of girls contributing to that, and they were very comfortable with the group of men. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't by any means the majority, but they were comfortable with the group of men. Dennis Cowan was a member of Interlap, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, Mercy Van Black, who occasionally pops up professionally, was a member of Interlap. I, I read a friend of mine's old ones, but they were really comfortable. And it was really welcoming, and it was kind of too bad I didn't really care that much about Lee getting beyond a few, you know, few issues. It just wasn't my deal. But it was the fact that it had a large cast. It had a lot of women yeah. on the cast, I think, helped. It had some beefcake because... Wonder Boy got a costume designed by Mike Grell that was functionally a strapless sort of Frankenfurter <laughs> thing. Yes, I remember that. You remember that? Oh, I, I love the Legion. I absolutely love the Legion. And, and Legion, you know, it just see, I like the one issue of Legion of Substitute Heroes with Ambush. Oh. It's just the most piss your pants funny comic of all. I love the Substitute Heroes. Oh my God, that was so funny. I'm infectious class. What do you do? I make people sick. <laughs> And it's, you know, when Stoneboy falls head first off of something trying to land on Ambush Bug, and ends up stuck there for the rest of the issue while the other two guys are trying to figure out how to dig That's him out. Great. But, you know, one of the reasons I loved the Legion right from the beginning was because of Saturn Girl. She was, like, in charge. She was the head of the Legion. Yeah. She got to make yeah. all the decisions. Yeah, and there were girls in it, and they were, you know, and I liked it. I liked it a bunch. You know, I mean, it was... I liked it for what it was. I, I didn't read it so much because I just I wanted something besides superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of tired of that being all my choice. I wanted, I wanted some fantasy comics, maybe some sci-fi comics, um, and stuff that was more like you know anime stuff I had been seeing mm-hmm. on TV that you know where everything wasn't reduced or restored to the status quo within a few issues. Yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted some drama and some ongoing storyline and just something good, something meatier. Um, but uh, but there were a lot of women in that, and they were really comfortable in their group. And there didn't seem to be, at least you know, when I was reading it, there didn't seem to be this, you know, teehee, let's get along mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I, I thought, you know, that was really impressive for the time. But that was 20 years ago. And we had to get mad all over again. Yeah. And um, so I... Um, I hope this isn't, you know, uh, what is it? I, I would like to see this keep on getting more and more widespread. And it's very exciting. On the other hand, um, you know, it's only six months 
so far. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say only, but it's it's been six months so far. It's been six months since everything reached the tipping point, and everybody finally found everybody else and went, "Hey!" And I I, I think Kalinar and Ragnell. Is that Kalinar? Kalinar and Ragnell, yeah. Kalinar and Ragnell probably deserve a lot of credit for centralizing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, uh, the female fandom with uh, when fangirls attack, which is at women in comics, all one word dot blog spot dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they deserve a lot of credit for centralizing things and, and having women realize, oh, oh, wait a minute, there's more women stuff, and, and without without necessarily an agenda, because I'd always, I don't always agree with what they link, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, so all these women found each other, and then they find each other, and they find each other, and it keeps on splitting out, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole shampoo commercial, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. And um, I'd like to see it kind of keep on going like that, um, but um, hmm, I, I I guess time will tell. Yeah, I, I really honestly don't have a better answer than that. I'm I'm hopeful, but I have been for twenty years. <laughs> you know, I've been terribly hopeful for twenty years. And um, I have been, you know, I've been told, I've been asked, well, you know, the only way to make change, and this is, you know, only from, in my opinion, um, the most hopelessly ignorant of uh, people or well-intentioned, the most hopelessly well-intentioned, too, that the, the why don't I try to affect change from the inside, um, or or the only way I can affect change from the inside, and it's like, well, you know, sweeties, I've been on the inside, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I'm a lot less inside than a lot of women have been. Um, mm, there have been women editors at Marvel in DC for more than twenty years, and um, hmm, hmm, things don't. Right? Let's go back to that. Have things changed that much in twenty years? Yeah. You know how damn much can a woman do and keep her job? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, as far as changing things from the inside, here's, you know, another, just, again, let me disclaimer this. Nobody freak out because Gail's the best example. God, please, God, don't freak out on me again. Jesus, don't send me hate mail again. Christ, I'm just going to, yeah, it, it's all flags for the trash, so don't waste your time. Please, Jesus, God, don't do it to me again. But, because I've gotten really uh, stunning hate mail. Um, but Gail has been on the inside for five years. And we're still pissed off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ed Bennis is run on Birds of Prey. Mm, yeah. You know, Gail, Gail is about as inside as you can get, short of having, say, a female publisher and an all-female staff mm-hmm. at DC Comics. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. Well, what, what exactly is different about comics in five years? Yeah. Nothing. So, Nothing. So maybe... I think maybe it's, it's as you said, it's the tipping point. There's a lot of energy from the outside. It's a lot of intelligent people who are coming together yeah. who are yeah. sort of talking now with one voice in a lot of ways. And they are really super smart. Everybody yeah. is so smart. It's wonderful. Gosh, they, they really are. I'm like, wow, look at all you. You girls are so smart. Hey, kids, comics. That's your live journal name. She got it. Mm-hmm. God, you know what? Who knew? I mean, that, the, her covers, her beef oh, covers. I love those. You know, oh. Those totally went viral and really fast. They were just, you know, they were up on the onion. And I thought, okay, you know what? It's not that nobody noticed. It's just everybody's been waiting for somebody yeah. else to say something. Exactly, exactly. Everybody's been like, is it just me? It must be just me because nobody's talking about this. And, and I think some of it wasn't even, I don't want to rock the boat because yep. I might screw myself out of a job in comics someday, but it's been like, I guess it's just me. I guess it, yeah, I mean, some of them are like that. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to screw myself out of a job in comics. But some of them are like, yeah, it must just be me. Nobody else is complaining. I just read, I just read She-Hulk. Um, and I don't know what issue it was, but, um, you know, even my husband is noticing it now. I mean, and he, he reads mainly superhero comics. That's what he likes. We're sort of like, <laughs> I used to joke we were like the, the Povich and Chung of comics because I'm over here, you know, trying to do indie alternative, create our own stuff. And, and you know, Connie Chung is like a serious newscaster and Lori Povich is like Cowboy <laughs> TV. And so, you know, he's over here reading his superhero comics and, you know, buying this and buying that and sometimes actually bending and buying um, 
what is it? Uh, he's got a real weakness for the work of Jason Pearson. It is, it is definitely his kryptonite. <laughs> this Jason Pearson, he really does have to have it. And, um, you know, so if there's Jason Pearson variant cover, he will buy it. And I'm like, yeah, part of the problem. I can't believe you're my husband. You're like Maury Povich to my Connie Chung. <laughs> um, and he just kind of shrugs and goes and reads Superman. Um, uh, but, so I read the shield. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lay down here next to you. I'm going to pick up a shield because I keep hearing it's good. I'm going to read it. By golly. And it's the kind of, um, she's recounting how she hulked out and thought that she had killed somebody in the town. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked its way into a really nice little murder mystery. Um, and, uh, but <laughs> the first time she hulks out, <laughs> it was like, wow, camera radiation is amazing because your bra and panties still fit and they turn purple. Isn't that amazing? And they're lacy. And, and, but the way they're drawn, I was like, okay, and everybody's recoiling in horror, but the eye line all leads to her crotch, and I'm just laughing, and I was like, confronted by a giant green face, <laughs> the townspeople cowered in fear, because that's what it looks like, it looks like they're terrified of the giant green paint. It's like, ah! It's Hulk paint! Ah! Paint here, paint there! Ah! And that's what it looks like, and then when she, she hulks out again, I guess her suit is always on somehow underneath, um... You know, the way She-Hulk always seems to have the suit on underneath her clothes reminds me of when I was a kid. And it got to, when it warmed up, I was always wearing my swimsuit under my clothes because you never knew when you would go somewhere <laughs> with a pool. You just never knew when there was going to be a pool there uh-huh. and you had to have your swimsuit. I mean, I was like so, I, I remember I wore my swimsuit to church one time underneath my shirt. <laughs> you just don't know. They could roll out a big baptismal font. You could do that. <laughs> But she's like that. She's just always in anticipation of a good swim or hulking out. And and I just looked at the suit and I said, this is a good idea. But I'm telling you, a woman, no matter how proud she is of her body, if she's got a job to do, she is not going to wear something that you can see her cross like that in. She's not going to wear something with a, you know, a, a buttacular back mm-hmm. because... The reality of a, a thing that your butt hangs out of in the back is that your crotch isn't very covered. That's the reality of a suit cut like that. And I'm just like, she would, she, women don't wear things like that. No. Not to, not, you know, no, no. not to mention that it would have to be pretty much spray glued to her body to stay in place. Yeah. And Yeah, and she'd have to have like the Hulk, you know, bruising bikini. Exactly, exactly. And I just kind of was kind of chuckling at the art because it's just, you know, every time she hulks out, it's, it's she paint. And, and and my husband even laughed. They said that one panel, I held it up and I was like, I mean, come on, they look like they're running away from her crotch. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I kind of, you know, and he had to admit it. It kind of was. And I said, this is really... This is really good, and it doesn't bother me as much as some artwork has bothered me. But still, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could kind of deal with the first page, you know, Hulk out Janice. And I'm, I'm doing the pose, even though we're on radio. <laughs> she's kind of, she's, um, she's Hulk out, but she's sitting in a chair, and she's got one toe going like this, and she's pointing her toe, and she's got the other leg crossed, and she's pointing her toe. And it's a pose. Uh-huh. And it's really unnatural and superhero-y and comic booky looking. And it's cute, mm-hmm. but it, it's really kind of clearly the way nobody relaxing sits. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, okay. Mm. Um, and and I don't know that I'm anywhere close to achieving it, but I'm kind of like when I do my own comics, I kind of, I'm looking for more naturalistic stuff and then you know anybody could go to any one of my comics and go but what about hearing here, here and it's like you're right you're right i suck at it too um but it's just that kind of you know here's here's a pose to you know because it's, it's a cute splash page mm-hmm. i'm like here's a pose and here's here's the green panties and the lace and here's the hulk suit that apparently has no bags and here's her brazilian hulk wax <laughs> I like that. That's a great phrase. We, we should start using that to describe Brazilian Hulk the wax. Brazilian Hulk wax. I like that a lot. Uh, did you get your Brazilian Hulk wax? <laughs> yes, it hurt like hell. <laughs> God, it hurt. But the things you have to do to be a superhero. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, but I, uh, the thing too that getting getting around to another point. Do I think things will change? What I think is going to be the best change. Um, and what I said in January is I was like, don't screw 
trying to change the stop trying to change what already is mm -hmm. and make something mm -hmm. make something um don't you know why why bother to change the big picture? i mean i think that there i think their attitudes towards towards women creators and women's characters and the way they're written i think those need to change i really do i you know what girl wonder you go for it good luck getting anybody at dc to listen to it. i hope they do i really do um, but, um, because I guess one of their stated goals is they want, you know, a memorial to Stephanie, spoiler, mm -hmm. Robin, to be shown in the bat case. Um, and, and that whole storyline is like, wow, I'm glad I missed this, because mm -hmm. I would have been in the pool with a mobile phone and the, and the cat's butthole floating about three years ago mm -hmm. if I'd seen that. Um, that whole storyline, I'm like, Jesus, fuck that's horrible. And I missed this. I was like, holy cow, where was the outrage two years ago when this was going on? Because this is freaky. She's, she's tortured with a power drill, and then the doctor allows her to die mm -hmm. to, to show, to teach Batman a lesson. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's just, yeah. That's the boy. Um, you know, I'm like Lewis Black all of a sudden, and I'm like, yeah. Um, uh, but... I'm not sure how, how if that's how they, they want to do things, then that's what they want to do. And I say more power, too, but I think Girl Wonder is a great idea. I don't think there's necessarily anything bad about working for either of the big two. The money's good. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you kind of um, have to know what you're getting into going in, and that applies to men, too. Because the money's good, but... Um, there will be a lot of compromises mm -hmm. in service mm -hmm. of of company property, and you know that too is just uh, I've never created anything for either of those two companies, and 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 I've been asked not to create for them, but asked to create work for our property, and I haven't done it because I can't. Mm -hmm. That's not how I work. Some people are really good at that, and they really enjoy contributing to the mythos, and they enjoy getting to work on their favorite characters. But what I have seen over my career is that I'm thinking if you will screw Alan Moore, then who am I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you you screwed Alan Moore. Yeah. DC, DC documented, this well-documented, has mm -hmm. had ample opportunities to do right by Alan Moore. Um, and this was, you know, DC, you know, 20, 10, whatever years ago. Um, and they don't, and I'm thinking, if they won't be right by Alan Moore, then why in the world would they be right by me? Mm -hmm. You know, which is a question, I mean, it's a good question for anybody to ask themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, because sooner or later, you know, you know, not always, but most of the time, sooner or later, some editorial hammer's going to come down. They want a new team, they want a fresh team. Yeah, they think your take on this getting kind of tired, whatever. You, you, they don't want you anymore. And you are, you are out of a job you may have had for 5, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it is. That is the reality of work for hire. And that's, um, that's uncomfortable for me. The, you know, the people that I've noticed in comics that seemed the happiest in general over the 20 years I've been in comics were the people that um, did that and created something for themselves mm -hmm. or simply created something for themselves and built their own business out of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the, image, the, the image guys, the fellows who walked away from Marvel in the early 90s, uh, Stan Sakai, Jeff Smith, um, uh, golly, uh, Jill Thompson has had a huge amount of success with Scary Godmothers. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, she had a, a lot. She got a lot of attention. I had a lot of success connected with doing um, stuff with Neil Gaiman on Sandman, but um, uh, Sandman-related title. Sorry, um, but the biggest thing is Gary Godmother, mm -hmm. and she owns um, Elfquest. Say what you want to about Elfquest and how long it's gone on, or what's it like, or what are the creators like, but you know. That's a property that's gone for, um, what is it, getting very close to 30 years. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's well over 20 by now. Yeah, it's, it's going on 30 years, and I'm like, you know, and it's there. 
and uh, Cerebus. You know, Sim did it his way, and say what you will about Sim, but by God, Sim did it his way until the end. Mm-hmm. And he didn't shoot himself in the head like everyone thought he would. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was like a joke that I heard more than once from people I know who didn't talk to each other. Sim going to eat a bullet as soon as he sees Cerebus. But he did it his way. You know, and since he self-published, he wasn't subject to the vagaries of, of uh, the publisher. And I've had, I had a, a good experience at Image, and when I stopped being satisfied with that, then I left. And I could do that because that's Image. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the good thing about it. And I've had, I've had varied experiences at varied publishers. I've had a really good relationship with CyberOcean and publisher Scott Brown. He's been very good in my books. Hey, hey Scott, shout out to my homies. Um, and uh, MBM was very good to Rumble Girl, the, the graphic mm-hmm. novel collecting the series that started Image and finished on the web. Um, and uh, uh, and <laughs> but I, the thing about those is that I own them, and if I'm not happy at MBM, uh, you know I, I have to wiggle things contractually, but I can leave. Mm-hmm. I don't own it. Um, if I wasn't happy at Cyberosia, you know, I can leave, and that's okay. And it may not be hard feelings, but they wouldn't be with Cyberosia. But the point is, is that when I was unhappy with Image, when I felt like, you know, we were no longer serving each other's needs, I could leave. It, it, and I still owned it so I could go. And, I, you know, it didn't end up in some contract where, you know, I'd have to not write anything at all for 10 years mm-hmm. to get my property back and hope that they didn't hire anybody to right. go out with the car. Right. Um, and I, I, I understand why people want to work on what they work on because it's really, you get a lot of attention for it. Um, it's powerful. It's it's the the attention is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no two ways about it. Seeing your name in print over and over again, but um, you can do those things for yourself and still own your work. And um, and the thing too is once you work on work for hire a few times, you know it. Um, the money is always pretty good, but it, it at least for me, I, I couldn't speak for anyone else. But at least for me, it was kind of like after a while. After the first job, I was like, oh, okay. And then it was more like, can I get another one of those? Because I really need to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bonus that it would be something that I actually wanted to work on and could care about, you know, like like The Punisher, because I really enjoyed working with Peter David. And I worked with him before on The Little Mermaid. And, and Peter David's a funny writer. Um, and, and it helped to get invested enough to go, okay, I could do a really good job on this because this is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. And when I worked with uh, Gail on Color Princesses, you know, that it was a really funny script and I, I really felt like I could bring something to the party. And Gail and I own that. And I don't think, I mean, Punisher was work for hire, but I sort of went, you know, I could kind of balance, you know, that I will never own this again what I'm going to get paid mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. which would really help me out. And um, and then I'll have that credit to my name. I can say I did this. And, and there might be more mongoverse work down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've established my credential as a kind of Amera manga, OEL, whatever, you know, manga maggot, manga puke, on something people will actually see. You know, more people will see than, than what I do mm-hmm. normally. Um and uh, it's. Uh, I kind of lost my point in the sound, but my <laughs> point is. But my point is now, work for hire pay is really great, but you don't own it. Mm-hmm. You never will own it. You, you at the very best, you get some interest in it, and and. But at the end of the day, you will never own it. And comics for the past twenty years, you know, this is as far as I know, comics. Um, this is the history I know because I was there for it. Um, it's littered with the bodies, mm-hmm. the broken bodies, mainly of men who, you know, have found themselves past their prime. Yeah, I, I think that's prime. exactly Past their right. prime, in quote. Yeah. Um, I was at the Eisner Awards when Herb Trempe got his, um, I believe it was, Humanitarian Awards. Because um, Herb Trempe was fired by Marvel uh, with a pink slip enclosed with his last check. 
and um, you know that's that's pretty much my definition of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shrimp A, who had, if I recall, someone feel free to correct me if I'm wrong because I know you will. Uh, a couple of kids in school, uh, high school, uh, got a teaching job, and then Herb went and worked as a chaplain at Ground Zero in New York City. Wow. And he went on and did something with his life, and I thought, well, there's a guy, and, you know, he's kind of my hero, because he said, you know, it's like, okay, that has got to be incredibly crushing to give so many years of your life to a business, Mm -hmm. Um, and then be turfed like that. Yeah. That's just so horrible. Yeah. But yeah, you know, see, I'm puddling up. Yeah, but not that um, unusual. I mean, it it no, as you said, it's, not. It, it it's happens. Not, but you know, and instead of, but what I I liked it wasn't that I, I don't, how do I put it without it sounding bad? I've seen a lot of people who get turfed out just sort of keep going back, you know, hat in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, is their their coats and their clothes and their get more and more threadbare, and you begin to wear off the shoe leather. You know, like old Warner Brothers cartoon. You got that hole worn in the bottom of your shoe, and keep going back and keep you know looking, and and you get you know this kind of you know not fairly, but you get this air of desperation, and and they don't reinvent. Mm-hmm. But that's because they don't they they know comics. They spent their whole life doing that. Yeah. I was kind of horrified when I realized, wow, if I if I just stopped getting comics work tomorrow, what would I do with my life? Because mm-hmm. this is all I've done for 20 years, more or less. I've, I've done jobs occasionally to uh, support myself when comics work was really tight. And I was good at them, but they didn't make me as happy as making comics. Um, but, you know, I, I really would have liked a chance to talk to him about how this felt, but, you know, I don't know what I could have said that wouldn't make me sound like a jackass mm-hmm. but you know he went he went and did something so amazing he went and became a teacher which you know speaking of someone with two school age kids is just hard thankless underpaid job the only job that's more thankless and underpaid is being a mother um and then went and served as a chaplain in what is really you know kind of a smoking toxic waste dump yeah you know, God only knows, you know, the people that went to Ground Zero, you know, I would be very unsurprised if we find out that, you know, it's not unlike the people. Yeah, what was the movie that was filmed in the nuclear crater? Oh, right. It was the John Wayne picture. The Conqueror. The John Wayne picture. The what? The Conqueror. The Conqueror. Oh, my God. And it wasn't even a good movie nope. filmed in the crater. Um, you know, and all these people started getting sick after. Mm-hmm. Uh, because been sold a bill of good about the safety of nuclear devices or something. Ah, It's not glowing anymore. It's safe to film a really bad historical epic. But I would not be surprised if people are at ground zero, you know, finding out, you know, 10 years from now that they're all very ill. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the the EPA lied. Um, But, you know, it goes to ground zero. It's one of the most horrible places on Earth at the time. The most horrible place in the United States at the time, and goes and, and you know works as a chaplain, and so he gets an award for this. And I'm thinking, a really uncharitable and angry part of me. I'm so happy for him, but a really uncharitable and mean and angry part of me was thinking. You all are cheering so, because you don't feel guilty, right? Exactly. That's because you gave you gave him a prize. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly you know, right. You, you turned out a guy that you know has always been joked about being a hack, um, when in fact he was, you know, an extremely productive guy who did as good a work as as he could be expected to do, um, given the amount of work he was given, and he worked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't feel guilty anymore. You're happy because you don't feel guilty anymore. Because you got a prize. Yeah, it's just, yeah. God. Yeah. And and that's what I was actually thinking. I was happy for him, but at the same time, I was kind of kind of mad and disgusted with what I think was going on in other people's heads. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I felt at the time. But, you know, it kind of like, I was, but I was like, wow, if he could reinvent if he could go on and do something, you know, and not just fold up into a puddle mm-hmm. and go to pieces, um, 
if he could do that, then I can do that. Yeah. And and that's when I started making my escape plans. I was like, okay, what can I do if I didn't do this? And the surprising thing was is that when uh, within a couple of days of um, deciding to quit and saying I was going to quit, just saying, all right, you know what, this is this is the attitude in comics, and and I'm sick of it. Uh, I'm just. I'm actually looking this up to see when I got this letter. The same day I decided to quit, though, uh, I got a letter from somebody who said, I have a, a, a job for you. <laughs> I have an illustration job. Do you want it? And, and how much would you charge? And I gave my price, which was about, you know, a month's worth of salary. Mm-hmm. And they are like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> and this is uh, someone I knew from uh, First Unitarian Universal Church. Dr. Janet Riolini, who works as a public health doctor um, and works with lower-income women and men, and uh, she was writing a sex education curriculum aimed at teenagers. There are two versions. There's one without the stuff with condoms, and there's one without the birth control and one with the birth control, but she found that most teenagers just really didn't exactly understand what was going on with their bodies, and more than that, they did not understand the failure rates for most birth control, you know, and that uh, actually condoms have one of the highest failure rates, and the failure rate is due to the fact that people say they use them and they don't. Mm-hmm. Condoms don't actually fail. People fail to use condoms. Um, but she wanted to do a sex education curriculum, something that looked a little bit hipper uh, for high school students and see if educating them about you know, not abstinence from a religious and moral standpoint, but abstinence from a this is the only way to make sure you don't get pregnant standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the only way to make sure you don't start a family is to not have sexual intercourse. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can do that. And right then, right there, right that day, I got a job. And then I got another one, I got another one. So, But I didn't get them from comics. <laughs> right. right. But jobs were just plentiful all of a sudden where they had been um, very scarce on the ground and it was sort of like you know when I decided to let that go when I decided to you know let that kind of uh, die and and move on with my life and and let go this whole idea of working in comics as it is or was and as it was then that, um, that I would get I would be taken care of and just sort of like, <laughs> and it was really scary to do that, sort of. It, the idea seemed scarier, you know, five years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and it, you know, it took me five years to quit, um, you know, because, you know, when I junkie, I go the whole way. Um, but I was so, you know, supported and well taken care of and blessed with work and blessed with friends and and everything turned out fine. Everything absolutely turned out fine and I was kind of, I was kind of stunned. <laughs> but pleasantly, in a really pleasant way, I was like, well, you know what, I, I have to get to a point where I really don't care if this works out very badly. You know, if, mm-hmm. if this goes very badly and I have to, you know, I have to, and I had already started a new business in November of uh, uh, doing sculpture. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing, you know, custom figurines for cake poppers and, and uh, commissions and polymer clay. I'm really good in polymer clay. You can actually go to divalia.divinart.com and see some of my work in polymer. And, and I've been working with it for a long time, and I decided to go do that. Um, and... Uh, when I decided to do that, too, that was part of what made it easier to quit seeking paying work within comics, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, and quit having to put up with the shit to get that paying work, mm-hmm. and quit having to put up with the shit to keep that paying work, um, and, uh, and once I just, but once I finally said the words, I mean, I didn't say I was quitting comics in November, I just announced I was in a new business, and I was starting up. But once I just actually said I quit, everything's great. Mm-hmm. You know, this huge struggle was over. And, uh, you know, and then there was a little bit of, no, that's not really what I meant. No, that's not what I said. Oh, you know, hey, you know, you're being an asshole. And I can say that now. 
Um, you know, because I don't have to worry about whether or not you read my fucking comics anymore. Don't give a shit. Because that's part of the game, too. Mm-hmm. You know, don't alienate readers. Don't upset people. Don't challenge people. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. God damn it, I'm sick of being nice. <laughs> you get so fucking tired of that shit. Um, I had a... I used to, on my old website, I had a fact up, and the first question on the fact was, will you find my book and return it to me? And the first answer is, no, I won't send your book and return it to you. I don't respond my story. And I was advised to take that down or move it lower in the queue if it was really necessary because it was just so off-putting for me to have my first answer be no. And it seemed like really good advice at the time, and it, maybe it was, but now I'm just like, you know what? Uh, why can't the first answer be no? Mm-hmm. That's the first question. I, that was a question at the time I got asked the most often. Will you find a book and turn out? Please not. Uh, God, I, I want to, but I can't. And it's just, oh, oh, my stomach is eating itself. Oh. And, but that, that's, you know, part of the being nice. It wasn't nice. Mm-hmm. It, it couldn't be my, my first you know, question. To do it, yeah. it wasn't nice to say no first thing. And, you know, later I changed it back. Yeah. Um, later I was just like, no, I think the first answer needs to be no. <laughs> good grief. If it, was, if it was good enough for Andrew Loomis 66 years ago, it's good enough for me. <laughs> well, listen, I, we are so glad that you're saying no, and we're glad that you quit because I, I really think I am that this, 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 this tipping point thing, it, you were a big inspiration and, a, and a, a, an important shift occurred when when you made this so i cannot argue with that i think that that me you know just going you know what fuck Mm -hmm. really helped a lot and i'm glad because you know i i i never had any hope like that because i've been kind of saying things for 20 years i've been like i just mm, you know i just uh did mm, mm." 20 years ago second san diego con i went to um the um, I saw some comic shop put out a flyer, and it was uh, was for some issue of Batman, and the uh, the selling point was last walking appearance of Batgirl, <laughs> and and I the guy who worked for the comic book uh, reseller that put it out, um, he he happened to come by my table and I said you know I can have a problem with this because it's just kind of crass, don't you think? This is the person who's gut shot, you know, implied rape. Mm-hmm. She says pictures taken of her. her. father's tortured with her pictures. She's just, she's completely taken out of the bat picture, and she's my favorite character, and she's reduced to last walking appearance. And I was like, what's this? He's just, he's just, he's And it's like, well, it's still in books. <laughs> and this is 20 years ago I'm saying this, and I've been sort of saying this, but I, um, you know, and there will be those who will say, and they're they're not entirely incorrect, that uh, I didn't give up much of a career, but somebody had to. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody had to just raise a middle finger to comics and say, fuck all y'all. Mm-hmm. You treat women characters like shit. You treat women like shit. You treat your women readers like shit. Your imagery demeans women. It doesn't empower them. Men aren't just as on display as women are. You're you're all full of shit, and you need somebody to tell you that, and you need somebody to quit to fucking drive the point home that enough is enough. Mm-hmm. That you just don't give a shit anymore about your fucking comics business. That you can have your comics business, you can go ahead and leave your no girls allowed sign on the door. And now I'm I'm all lamey rant now. Um, <laughs> just fucking just fucking shut up, would you just? Fucking shut up. Guy bloggers talking about women's issues and comics. Just fucking shut up. I love that rant. But it's like, you know, take your comics business and shove it. Because you know what? I've got the internet. I can share my comics with anybody I want to. I can self-publish with print on demand. I don't fucking need mm-hmm. you. I don't need you. It's like uh, Dirk Deppie said in the editorial for the um, the manga issue, the shoujo issue of um, Comics Journal. You know, with, she's not impressed. She doesn't care about you. I think that was the title of the She doesn't care mm-hmm, about you. Mm-hmm. And and that, you know, that's me. It's like, okay, that's me. I don't care about you. I, I, could, I can go do comics anywhere. It, it's not like it was 20 years ago. It's not like it was 10. 10 years ago is not the same as now. Mm-hmm. Seven 
is not the same as now seven, I still didn't have bookstore distribution. Yeah. Um, God bless the internet. Um, I, but, but somebody had to quit. I mean, it wasn't just enough to just go off and do it this way. Mm -hmm. I had to say, I'm quitting and this is why. Yeah. And then once I quit, I'm free to talk about everything I've seen for 20 years and how little things have changed. So that the comics business can stop being fucking proud of itself that that woman is a rug muncher. <laughs> don't be proud of yourself. Don't, don't be proud of yourselves that she's a lesbian rug muncher. I mean, I'm sorry, guys, that was kind of unpeaceful. Um, don't be proud of yourselves that she's a lesbian. She's not the first lesbian character in comics. She's not even the first one that will kiss in a comic. I did Clockwork Angels. For Image, which is a mainstream company in 1998, and there were two girls kissing in that on the last page and pages before that. I'm not impressed. I've already done it. I've already done comics for girls. I'm not, I'm not going to be impressed by your girls' line until it's something girls actually want to read and you don't chicken out mm -hmm. and make it about Spider-Man somehow <laughs> or make it about superheroes somehow. You, 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 if you keep on fucking chickening out, I refuse to be impressed. Yeah. But I, I just, but somebody, you know, what Ragnall and Kalinara did was important. What Rene Garcia Bourgeois did was important. Um, all these women centralizing was important. But I really think somebody had to quit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, somebody had to say, this is enough, and I'm going to go make my own comics business, which kind of answers your question about where do you think things are going. Mm -hmm. As, you know what? Don't don't fucking fix the unfixable. You know, the headset I put on when we started to talk, I was like, I don't know why I saved it except that I just bought it when it broke. And I was like, I just threw it in the trash. You know, folks, sometimes things are just beyond <laughs> fixing. It, you just, you have to huck it and, and start over and make your own thing and do your mm -hmm. own thing. And that's what I want to do. And that's why, speaking of which, that's why I'm giving a grant to... Um, to, uh, um, and actually, it'll be. I was going to give free grants for the years, free hosting and shop firm and everything for women making web comics. Um, but now it'll actually be four. Um, someone else stepped forward and uh, uh, sponsored an extra scholarship, so there will be four web comics, uh, you know, web grants, mm -hmm. scholarship grants. Uh, there'll be four comics grants of a year's free hosting uh, at webcomicsnation.com. Uh, which gives them unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage. So you know, no pen, no uh, no success penalties for people bumping up against their bandwidth mm -hmm. and over it, um, which happens to very successful web comics. Um, and it's it's a year of you know not having to worry about that aspect of it at least, and getting a, I think uh, I can't remember who said it. I'm sorry that it was sort of like getting paid to make web comics for you. It's a very tiny amount per month, but you're getting a little bit of money, sort of, mm -hmm. to make a web comic for a year, and this the big the big hurdle of hosting, and that's the big hurdle with making web comics, is paying for your mm -hmm. hosting. Mm -hmm. The big hurdle of having a host is taken away, and so now all you have to do is find the time and wherewithal to put up your comic, um, because this... This other thing is, you know, that uh, taking away that worry for mm -hmm. here. I, and I decided to do that because I thought, you know, if I'm going to say go do this, go work on the web where you have an unlimited reach, you know, your or your reach is limited only by, you know, a person's access to a computer to see what you're doing. Um, I can say do that. And then I could also do what Peter Laird did, which is Peter Laird to make comics, and, and here's a grant to do mm -hmm. the Zeric grant. And I was inspired by the Zeric grant. It was like, he really gave something back to comics with his turtle money. And I believe Dave Sim was the one who said, there's a right way to blow a million dollars and a wrong way to blow a million dollars. <laughs> and he was saying Peter Laird, you know, was blowing his million of turtle money, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle mm -hmm. money. By, by uh, establishing the Zurich grant, and I thought, well, I could do something like that. It's not really as posh because yeah. I, I haven't, you know, made turtles, but um, but I could do something, and I could quit, and then I could tell people how I think they could try to do it, and then I could actually do something mm -hmm. to facilitate that. Not for very many people, but for for deserving, hardworking people. Mm -hmm. 
hardworking women, I could do something specifically for them. And so um, that's where I'm at. That's great. That's God weird. damn it, I'm happy. It, it's great. It's so wonderful. <laughs> I'm on half the antidepressants I was <laughs> months ago. But I was on half the antidepressants within a month of quitting. I was like, I don't really need the meds so much anymore. My God, I was medicating to to like kill my misery. Really? At at the frustration with the, the business as it was, and I didn't even realize. And I thought, you know, when your therapist off and on hasn't seen you in two years, and then remembers you by, isn't this the person you were talking about three years ago? <laughs> You know, when a guy doesn't remember you, remembers that. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, whoop, 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 something's wrong with my life. <laughs> and, and, and that's where I'm at, and I'm actually really very, very happy. Oh, that's great. And, and I'm pleased with what you're doing because you are so, you are so ovaries out <laughs> with your distress. <laughs> well, thank it's you. It's so impressive because I was listening to that rant about just shut the fuck up, and I was like, man, she's going to get hate now. Ooh, doggy. But that was not something I, that was, it wasn't like it wasn't something I thought where I was just like, Jesus, could you, you know, stop blogging and telling us how we feel about <laughs> shit, please? Because you're, you're a sometimes well-intentioned dude, but Jesus fucking Christ. Stop telling me to read goddamn Why the Last Man with Strangers in Paradise just because it has a lot of chicks in it, goddamn it. Really? Oh, that's great. That's, that's what I mean. Well, it's wonderful to hear you talk about how happy you are. It just comes across so clearly. And I think that is something that, that's coming. I'm very happy with my cat's butthole. Yes, I am. Um, I, I think the, the next thing that's going to come out of all this energy around comics online is once we sort of get through our first rush of... of righteous anger and all that women will start to to turn more of it towards creation and and making yeah. things that we enjoy and, and i feel very hopeful about and that as well already are. you write fanfic do you know? yeah i do yes you do i saw your web page i saw your own holy love for the monkeys <laughs> oh the monkeys are really sad little clowns i saw that um except she didn't write that post but it's a it's kind of a funny article oh the monkeys are really sad don't be fooled they're rich but they're sad promise um, and, and either Ragnella Kalinara also writes them. I know they do. It, it's great. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's creative yeah, stuff. I mean, it's, it's putting that creative energy into something that you want to read that makes you happy. And, and you know, I know some people, <laughs> the big two, are going to really hate this, but it's true, but they are very high-paid fanfic writers. And I mean that in, in the best possible way. I mean, they've taken their love for something mm -hmm. and written stories about it, and they're getting a paycheck for it. I, I completely um, agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's right. But the, you know, but fanfic writers, I, I don't read fanfic because, you know, like most professionals, I've been advised not to. Mm -hmm. um, but but I do know, I did read a friend's fanfic. He was writing Hey Arnold. He was writing fanfic. <laughs> hey Arnold, I know. He was writing fantastic <laughs> Hey Arnold stuff. And, and it was really... You know, never mind that it was about Hey Arnold. He was his writing was so good, and I had no idea he had this in him. And I want him to write more, you know, stuff that's not Hey Arnold because there's really not a lot of future in that. Um, but but you know, I didn't understand fanfic until I saw The Incredibles, and I had such a crush on the movie. <laughs> I had this crush on the movie. I just fell so in love with it, and finally I was like, now I understand fanfic <laughs> because oh my god. I, I I don't want more Incredibles if it sucks, but it was only two hours, mm -hmm. and it was so it was so rich and it was so good and it was so well put together and I just love it so much that now I understand why people have to write scads of Harry Potter mm -hmm. fanfic to hold themselves through that weight. I was like, okay, now I get yeah. it. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll warn you, really, a lot of the Incredibles fanfic is really quite astonishingly really bad. I did actually, whoa, ooh, I'm scarred. I'm scarred by this. Um, but, but um, uh, yeah, I think that they, I think that they will. I'm seeing some already that are. Um, and I can't remember. I'm sorry, whoever you were, you put up. You put up a page from your comic, and it was really fantastic. And I said, are you thinking about applying for a grant? And they said they were, and then they decided not to. They got hosting, and they decided that somebody else should get it who couldn't get hosting. Um, but I'm already seeing that. 
And more than that, there's this whole generation of girls who have grown up with this little do-it-yourself thing mm-hmm. about comics. Yep. And they're not even aware that there's an industry that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> because because they, they, you know, they're on DeviantArt and, and doing their comics and doing them for each other and, you know, talking about art school and talking about how they want to grow up and draw manga. And they have all these great female role models in uh, manga cops who do stuff from Japan and uh, and other friends who are in this country and other countries, but not necessarily Japan, who are making comics and they're making these comics at each other and for each other. And, um, you know, that's your, your Sailor Moon on Cartoon Network generation. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I'm not going to give that over to Totoro or Akira because <laughs> the tipping point for anime and manga in this country was Sailor Moon being on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. You know, it was on a channel that most kids could see, and it was on a channel they could watch, and it wasn't just decentralized mm-hmm. invitation from Geek. It was on something they watched every day. Right. And, and that was the tipping point for anime, and, and the tipping point for having a generation grow up looking at this, and it was a show that was just flat out for girls, by a girl, about girls. Mm-hmm. And so they've grown up having this, and there hasn't been a whole lot been, but there's been some, and what they're not getting, like fanfic um, creators and fan art creators, they're making it for themselves since they're not getting it. They've got a Jones here, mm-hmm. and they're making it for themselves, and there's huge amounts of girls out there making stuff. Yep. And uh, it's fantastic. It's great. It's fantastic. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> uh, when I recount stories, I don't sound very happy, but in general, I am, and, and now that I've talked that out and I think about it, I'd say that the future, the future of comics, um, I can't say what the big two's future is. I'd say that it's, you know, it's either evolve like a motherfucker or die, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but the future of comics as a, as a form of expression where it us together is, um, at least in this country, it's probably about as good as it's ever been. Mm. And, and maybe even better. Maybe it's the best it's been in a really long time. Because it looked a couple of times, it looked like things might get better. A little bit in the 80s, a little bit mm-hmm, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Elfquest, that was Wendy Peeney, and it was, there were a lot of girls who were strong. You had self-publishing in the 80s, but it kind of petered out. Um, the speculation market kind of killed it. Um, but um, I, I don't know about it as a big money thing. Um, but as far as just an art form, a healthy art form, uh, I think it's going to be just fun. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Frank Miller didn't chase me out of comics. You know, comics says they are. It's a big two, the big three, the big four, the five. Um, but, I, you know, I still make comics. Mm-hmm. And nothing could make me quit making comics. Because I've been for 20 years. I love comics. Yeah. I hate that that's that's perfect and i think that is the way that that is why we're doing it and that's why i'm doing this podcast and that's why ragnell and kalinara are doing when fangirls attacked it's because we do we love comics we read them and we love them and i want to see girls especially it's like keep keep making comics and try to make sure that you make something for yourself Mm -hmm. so you can keep that love for the art form alive because nothing will kill it quicker than, than, you know, working for a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. I think we'll kill it. We just, it'll, it'll strangle it yeah. in its cradle. It'll be, it'll be more. So, Lainey, thank you so much for interviewing Oh, thank you so much Good for luck editing this shit down. Uh, well, you know, I might just split it into two <laughs> shows. We'll have to see. But uh, this has been great. I want to thank you so much for sharing all these stories, which are just wonderful stories. And, and I, it, it's great to, to, you know, talk about what's happening now and get your take on where things are going. I, I really appreciate the time that you spent with I, me. I'm so happy I now have the old-timer cred because I actually <laughs> turned over the time on my phone. It went to 99, and it turned over, and it's now at 18. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm talking like an old person. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I got a That's great. The time I was 20. Well, thank you, Leah. So, but it was really fantastic being interviewed you by you, and, and stay angry. Uh, yes, we all will. We all will. Stay angry. Angry's good. Angry's not bad. Be, be, don't be afraid to be angry when you know when you need to be. I, 